It's June 22nd, 2022. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, <clears throat> we'll have Omar Sultan from Accelerate Hawaii, and he's here to tell us about the next pre-X cohort. And then we'll be joined by Susan Kreifels, Glenn Van Zutfen, Zutfen, and Derek Farrar from the East-West Center. And we're going to be talking about something called the uh, conference coming up called Connecting in a Zero Trust World. But uh, before we get to Accelerate Hawaii, I wanted to let you know about a webinar on broadband and digital equity organized by the University of Hawaii. It's a chance to learn about the federal programs that are rolling out to the states across the country. The webinar takes place tomorrow, that's Thursday at 1.30, and it's on Zoom. So all of you, wherever you are, can tune in. And to get more information about it, you can go to uh, hawaii.edu slash broadband slash events for more info. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. And now I want to welcome Omar back to the show. And he's brought Kayla Pearson from Soap, no, Surf Soap Company to tell us about the upcoming Accelerate Hawaii Pre-X program. Welcome to the show, Omar and Kayla. Love, Bert. Always good to be on. Thanks for having us and, and for uh, making space for Kayla as well. Sure thing. And Omar, <clears throat> you know, for those few listeners that might not know what Pre-X is, uh, tell us what Pre-X, what, is, what does Accelerate Hawaii do and, and what is the Pre-X program? So Accelerate Hawaii um, does all kinds of innovation at startup and investment programs. Uh, Pre-X uh, specifically is a virtual investment readiness and business scaling program. So it was kind of born at the beginning of COVID. We really looked at what kind of support can we provide companies today, uh, not months from now, not next year, but today, that they can immediately implement in their business so that they can continue to grow and thrive here in Hawaii. That's very good. And, you know, you've had, what, four cohort, uh, cohorts already? And and typically, how many companies kind of go through the cohort? Uh, we We will as many companies as makes sense for a given particular cohort. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yep, we've had four cohorts. It ranges between 15 to 25 companies. Uh, we're very thoughtful about who gets included in any particular cohort so that there's a healthy amount of, like, cross-pollination and support happening between the companies. And and you're not looking for one particular sector of, of the business community. I mean, you're pretty broad in terms of who can participate in Pre-X. I'm smiling ear to ear, Bert. You know, uh, <laughs> <yep>. we're uh, <laughs> we're stage and sector agnostic, which means it doesn't matter what type of company you're building, doesn't matter how large or small your company is. Um, we definitely want to provide an opportunity for you to engage with you and to support you and elevate your business. Right, and elevate your business, I think, is the key operative here. And, and of course, uh, you've you've obviously picked a company that uh, exemplifies the ability to to reach beyond their, their current stage, and, and that's uh, Kayla Pearson, and she's with uh, Surf Soap Company. And so, Kayla, tell us your story, and, and, and tell us a little bit about uh, what you kind of gleaned from uh, participating in the Pre-X program. Awesome. Well, do. Thanks, Bert, for having me. Um, so, like you said, I'm Kayla Pearson. Um, so, uh, Surf Soap is a hair and skincare product company. We make hair and skincare for the surf and beach community that is all vegan, plastic-free, and ocean-safe, so very much what Hawaii is about. Um, and we applied for the Pre-X uh, program 
just in a, you know, we were growing and we were experiencing really, um, really good growth, but we needed more. We were at that point as a small business where it was like, we need a little bit more. We've kind of reached, you know, our limits as far as talent goes. Mm-hmm. So I was able to um, participate in the program and it changed things immensely. You know, it gave us a really good view on like what we really needed to know about um the economics of the company and, and really digging in the numbers and what are investors looking for. And not only that, but a lot of really good networking opportunities um, within it as well. As Omar said, they're really thoughtful about how they pick and choose and pair companies up. Um, and so that was really valuable as well, uh, even, you know, alongside all of the the investment knowledge and everything like that. So oh, that's it was great. a really good experience. So, so tell us a little bit about uh, 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 surf soap. So you said hair and skin, and you know, uh, obviously it's 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 beyond your typical you know whatever you buy <laughs> buy from you know the store. So, what is unique about the products that you create? It is so it's all handmade here on Oahu. Mm-hmm. It's all organic and eco um, verified ingredients. Um, it was born at a beach shower. Basically, I I surf a ton, and uh, I have kids, and I have jobs, and so I'd go to Dawn Patrol, and I'd shower afterwards, and, you know, I, you go to the showers out here, and there's signs on them that say no soap and no shampoos, and I saw that one day, and I was like, why is that, actually? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it turns out that the soaps and shampoos that we typically use uh, that drain into the groundwater are not super awesome for the aquatic life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a prior hairdresser, and so I set out to create something that was okay to use at the beach shower, was okay to use in the groundwater, and then even in, you know, in our homes as well, um, being plastic-free, being vegan, mm-hmm. uh, all of that meant a lot to me. And so that's kind of where the company started, and we just kind of grew it from there. We make uh, like a shampoo bar. Uh, leave-in conditioners, and we've expanded to body creams and perfume oils, and everything we make is those those three set of standards: that vegan, plastic-free, and ocean-safe. So, well, that's a great uh, yeah. that's a great pitch, and you obviously learned a lot of good stuff from uh, Omar. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, Omar, exactly. uh, obviously, Kayla uh, took your your uh, mentoring and your lessons really well, and I think uh, she will excel. What are you looking for in companies that apply uh, going into this uh, cohort five? Besides, uh, you know, the kind of personality that Kayla has. Yeah, <laughs> you know, companies that are interested in in growing here in Hawaii, right, and that actually care about the community. Mm-hmm. I don't mean that as a as a slight against anyone, but there are definitely different ways that you can build your business. And so we're looking for founders and companies like Surf Soap and like Kayla, who really care about Hawaii and, you know, as we all say, um, or, you know, leaving it better than when we found it. That's right. I mean, her product is reef safe, skin safe, ocean safe, it's vegan, eco-friendly. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really meant to, to grow um, in a way that is, of the environment that we live in. Well, that's great, Omar. So I, I would encourage uh, companies that uh, are excited about their product and, and want to wanna consider methodologies of scaling to get in touch with Omar and Accelerate Hawaii and Pre-X. So Omar, where can they go and sign up? You can go to AccelerateHawaii.com. That's X-L-R-H-I.com. Very good. Mahalo, Omar and Kayla, for joining us. Thanks so much Thank for you. Thanks for having us. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, 
All the way from the East-West Center, we've got Susan Kreifeld, we have Glenn Van Zutphen, and Derek Farrar. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Susan Kreifels, who manages the East-West Center's Journalism Exchange Programs, and Glenn Van Zutphen, who is a career international journalist and the founder of Van Media Group, and, of course, uh, my buddy Derek Farrar, who handles news, content, press outreach for the East-West Center. And I want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Hey, thanks for for having mm-hmm. us on your show. Appreciate it. Sure. Now I'll thanks start with I'll start with Derek because uh, I I really was intrigued by the name of this uh, uh, conference program coming up called uh, it's called Connecting in a Zero Trust World. And boy, you know when when uh, I got involved with social media, probably you know around the I don't know uh, mid mid two thousand, everything looked everything looked rosy and and idealistic and and hopeful you know for, for the betterment of of the world but boy it sure has uh i don't know be, become a very divisive element or tool uh, that is being used so eric uh D- derek what what is this zero trust world that we've now encountered um great question um i want to say first of all for your listeners that um this conference that the Eastwood Center is putting on next week at the Convention Center is um, primarily aimed at journalists, mm-hmm. uh, although members of the public are certainly welcome to attend. And so uh, in this context, you know, we're really talking a lot about the world of journalism and the press and, um, you know, the lack of trust in the media and facts and all the problems that we're having there. Of course, that, that really does touch on social media and every other aspect as well. Um, I think Susan and Glenn can probably speak uh, as experts to some of the larger issues. Um, I can just tell you that I did have a little something to do with naming the conference. <laughs> and, I, I bet you um, did. Um, we were kicking around different ideas. Susan uh, directs the conference, um, you know, was really trying to get at this issue of, of trust and, um, you know, of division and a lack of understanding between communities and within communities. And um, someone had brought up the term zero trust from the cybersecurity world, Mm -hmm. um, which uh, you and your listeners may know more actually about than me, but, you know, it's a security protocol that basically assumes that no user logging in is um, necessarily who they are, (laughs) are saying they are. And so that's why we all have to do all the, two-factor logins from our phones and everything mm-hmm. these days. And so that term really stuck with us um, as a metaphor, I guess, for, you know, the larger problems with trust that we're having. But then we really wanted to get at, um, you know, okay, that, that is the situation we're in now. Um, so how, how can we connect, especially as journalists, um, with our audiences, Um you know, and how can we reconnect communities together? I'll just add one more thing and then maybe kick this over to Susan for, for more thoughts. But 
Um, you know, these conferences, we've been doing them uh, pretty much every other year. Um, this is the first time we've actually done it in our own hometown of Honolulu. Normally, the East-West Center, we do a lot of work out in the Asia-Pacific. Mm-hmm. We've done these um, previously in major capitals in other countries. I remember, I think it was our conference in 2012 in Seoul. Um, we had two speakers who were talking about exactly what you brought up. One was talking about the hope and promise of social media. And the other, um, who maybe not surprisingly was Russian, was talking about uh, the dark side mm-hmm. and how it can be used as oppression. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, that's something we've been seeing play out for, I think, the whole time that social media has been with us. Well, that's interesting that it was brought up by, by a Russian journalist. Uh, he was actually like a, uh, you know, a tech philosopher. Mm-hmm. I don't remember his name, Susan. Do you? Anyway, it was a very stark contrast. And I think at that time, it was the time of Arab Spring and things like that. And so this idea of, you know, social media as connecting us and social media as oppressing us was very much in the fore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Susan, uh, as Derek said, this conference was brought, uh, this is the first time in Hawaii. It's, it's uh, usually somewhere perhaps in, in Asia, various places. And, and I'm, I'm sure you have a, a good sense of the cross-section of, of journalists that are out there. Uh, what is your, what is your uh, maybe impressions of how things have evolved over time? And, and is it, is it uh, I mean, it's good that it's, this is going to be in Hawaii. I think a lot of people can... Uh, perhaps the journalists here can can uh, participate in it, but how have you seen journalism and and journalists on on perhaps uh, contributing to the bifurcation of you know what is trustful and what isn't? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about next week at the Hawaii Convention Center. We've got journalists and other professionals coming from at least thirty four countries talk about building and rebuilding trust in media, in government, in business, and the return to a more fact-based world uh, in media and climate and health and international relations. So the trend, it has not been good in Asia for the last uh, two or three years. Mm. We've seen press freedom and the silencing of, of voices in Afghanistan, in Myanmar, in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhat in in India and the Philippines. Journalism is becoming a more and more difficult uh, job throughout the region. The attacks on press freedom, the the silencing of of free media. So we have a a lot of work to do, and it's going to be very exciting next week um, as we discuss these issues. Our we have really an outstanding lineup of speakers. And, you know, our opening keynote, we're so pleased, is uh, Maria Ressa, the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize laureate and Rappler editor in Manila. And she will be speaking on the battle for facts. Now, she's an inspirational speaker, and she's a true fact warrior. We're proud she's an alumna of the East-West Center's media programs, and we've honored her as a journalist of courage in 2018. She was the center's chaplain fellow in distinguished journalism in 2020. So she will be an absolutely inspirational speaker. But we also have a lot of a stellar lineup. 
Um, for you tech folks, we have a head of security policy at Meta slash Facebook, mm-hmm. Nathaniel Gleicher. We have uh, Dr. Kurt Campbell, the president's point man on security in Asia, and he's on the National Security Council. And the undersecretary of public diplomacy, Elizabeth Allen. We've got journalists coming in from the battlefields of Ukraine and the streets of Myanmar. Uh, we have Pacific Island speakers on climate. Um, including Senator Hilda Heine, the former president, Republic of the Marshall Islands, Brianna Fruan, a climate activist, activist from Samoa. Her speech opened the UN Climate Conference last year. So we got a lot of good speakers. Another thing for your tech viewers, we besides our Meta speaker, we also have workshops on digital security. That's being the, these workshops are being led by experts in the field. So we got a lot of good stuff going on. And I did want to mention. It's not just the first time in Hawaii. It's the first time in seven conferences to be held in the United States. And why not Hawaii? It's the perfect place that we can convene this conference. And it's also, I think the public doesn't have an opportunity very often to register and attend a big international, uh, a big international conference like this. It is open to the public. So we are very proud to be holding this in Hawaii starting next week. No, that's, that's great Bert, to hear. I, yeah, I go ahead. Go ahead, Derek. Um, in this time of COVID, though, um, it is a hybrid event, so we actually have a virtual track. Yes. So for those who prefer to experience it online or perhaps aren't in Hawaii, um, you can also register to, to do the whole conference online. Yep. Well, good, good. And I, I, I do want to uh, give everybody the link to do that a little later on in the show, but uh, I want to get Glenn into this conversation, and, and, and Glenn, as a as a journalist, as an international journalist, I mean, what, what, what would you seek to take away from a conference like this? I mean, what, what can individual journalists do in light of some of the oppressive environments that they may be working in? I mean, and how do you, yeah. how do you find the bravery to take on a challenge that you may be facing as, a, as an individual? First off, thank you. Mahalo for having me on the show today. And uh, it's my first time back in Hawaii since 2002 when I was a Jefferson Fellow at the East-West Center. That's when I first met Derek and and, uh, Susan. And and before I answer your question, I just have to say um, you probably don't realize what an amazing resource or maybe you do, uh, that in the media programs at the East-West Center driven by Susan, and she knows absolutely everybody. And I've been, uh, she's not paying me to say this, so I paid my way to come to the conference, so uh, this isn't a freebie for anybody. Um, but, you know, I've been involved in, in media for 30 years now um, and living in Asia covering uh, media issues and as a journalist for 30 years. And I have not seen an annual, um, a semi-annual uh, media conference that's as good as the ones that Susan puts together and that Derek helps uh, promote as well. Um, these are not only the, the breadth of the speakers that are going to be at this conference, but the depth to which they go. For example, Steve Herman's going to be here, and he was the White House correspondent during the Trump presidency. He mm-hmm. flew on Air Force One, I think, 14 or 15 times um, with the president. Was He was chastised by the president a number of times, the former president. Um, and so, you know, you've got people like that. Bill Dorman from, uh, here from, from Honolulu. Um, well, he's and, right here from so Hawaii Public other. Radio. I'm sorry. He's he's here from he's here from uh, Hawaii Public Radio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and and so you've got local you've got local folks here, but you've got this great international group that Susan referred to a, a moment ago as well. And you will not find 
this group of people at any other international media conference on the planet. Um, and so I just want to give a shout-out to the East-West Center for doing, as always, an amazing job um, with these conferences. I'm based in Singapore. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm back in Honolulu. Uh, actually, right now I'm on the Big Island. I'll be in Honolulu this weekend uh, for the conference next week. Um, but, but looking at what journalists can do, to, more to your question, it's, it's very difficult because we have seen, especially since um, the, the last U.S. presidency, this whole idea of fake news come out and journalists being routinely castigated by, you know, the president of the United States in a way that was never that never happened before. Mm-hmm, the the, mm-hmm. Um, the uh, relationship between the White House and the press corps has, has not always been smooth uh, over time. You can go back to Nixon and even before uh, to find that. Uh, but they, we've never had it okay to just summarily dismiss all journalists. And we've seen that take hold across Asia. It happened with the Duterte uh, administration in the Philippines. Um, We've certainly seen it in Hong Kong uh, and elsewhere, uh, in Malaysia as well, and to some extent in Indonesia. So um, to discuss these issues and to figure out how journalists can work around, and as Susan said, bring credibility, at least in the mind of the media consumer, back um, is a super important task at this moment in history, especially when we think about the combination of traditional media and how it's uh, now so so relevant and prevalent in social media. So I don't I don't exactly have an answer for you, but I'm certainly hoping that we get some great suggestions next week uh, at the conference um, in Honolulu. Well, and and um, I, it's a it's a very important time for not only journalists but for those of us who are news junkies or who rely on the news to figure out what's going on in the world. Well, Glenn, you know, you bring up some great points, and I, I do want to dig a little deeper, especially for all of us who are sort of media consumers. Uh, I, I will. I want to come back to you and, and have you maybe share some thoughts about that. Hold that thought. We'll be right back on this short break to continue our conversation with Susan Kreifels, Glenn Van Zutphen, and Derek Farrar about connecting in a zero-trust world. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Native Books and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe on HPR One. And, of course, I'm Bert Lum. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Susan Kreifels, Glenn Van Zutphen, and Derek Farrar, all from East-West Center, and we're talking about connecting in a zero-trust world. And right before the break, uh, Glenn was sharing some challenges that I think uh, journalists face in in this uh, sort of you know, very, very crazy world, especially as it starts to... Uh, have 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 some of these regimes kind of target their uh, oppression on on journalists themselves, and I guess, Glenn. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to ask you is, as a as a consumer of of media, uh, what would you suggest the consumer be aware of, and how does how does a consumer in this equation kind of fit in in supporting mm. journalists? This is not a new question, Bert, and uh, thanks again for having me on, and and hello to all your wonderful listeners. Uh, This is a question that goes back, people have been asking me this question for 30 years. How can I be sure that the media I'm consuming is is good media, is well done, is is thoughtful, is accurate, all that sort of thing? So this is not a new question. My my response over the decades has been, 
always get your news from multiple sources. Don't just rely on Fox News or don't just rely on CNN or don't just rely on Hawaii Public Radio. Mm -hmm. You know, listen to or read or watch a variety of sources on on any given story. And and you, as the media consumer, you decide what looks right, what sounds right, and and that sort of amalgamation, if you will, you know, uh, add it up and divide by three and see what comes out. Um, Also, though, the other part of this is you have to – uh, make sure that you, um, uh, as, a, as a media consumer, uh, follow reputable sources. And, uh, for example, in our gala dinner a banquet that's, that's going to be coming up next week, um, we're going to be honoring journalists of courage and impact. And I'm, I'm so proud to say that two of your local uh, journalists, Helen Anton, uh, the retired reporter from the Honolulu Star Bulletin, mm-hmm. and Jerry Burris uh, from the, uh, the editorial page at the Honolulu Advertiser are both two of the seven awardees um, on that. And uh, we have some w- wonderful other folks as well. And so we are trying, and, and the East-West Center is trying to promote quality journalism. Uh, Maria Ressa, our keynote speaker, one of the best journalists I've, I've ever known. Um, she and I worked uh, together at CNN International, and then she went on to form Rappler. This is a woman of courage and conviction. Um, so Mint will be with us uh, from Yangon um, and, and, and fighting that fight that's happening in Myanmar right now is unbelievable uh, for the journalists. So reputable, quality, high-end journalists, I guarantee you every one of the speakers and panelists at this conference next week fits into that um, ethical and and high-end, high-caliber journalist uh, mold that we would all like to, um, you know, watch, read, listen to. Uh, And I think that's the best hope that we media consumers have for getting good news. Oh, that's a a great point. And and Susan, I know... know Media and the journalists that you have are are really uh, experts at the long form. In terms of some of the social media, what would you what would you advise some of the consumers of social media? And oftentimes, news is consumed through social media. What would you advise those consumers to do? Well, I would just say, following up uh, on Glenn, you have to have diverse sources of information. When I say to my grandson, he gives me, he tells me something. I say, well, where did you hear that? Where did you read it? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's, it, what's the authority? What, what's the fact? I just think we have to question everything we read, and we have to have a diverse feed of news, whether it's online, on television, on print. We, we have to, we, and we also have to, we have to learn to discern what the facts are. I mean, that, that's not easy. We have to teach our children and our grandchildren how to be literate about what they read and and to check all Mm. the sources. So um, it's a big challenge. It's a huge challenge, but such an important one, because if we're going to go back to a world based on fact, we got to learn how to figure out what is fact and what is not fact in in all the media sources that we we consume. That's a great point. And and Derek, uh, in the last few seconds that we have, where can people sign up? When is this taking place and where can people sign up? Uh, it's taking place both at the Hawaii Convention Center next week, Tuesday through Thursday, also online. Um, and people can get all the information at eastwestcenter.org slash IMC2022. And that's eastwestcenter, all one word, no dashes. We have a hashtag. It's hashtag EWCmedia. Very good. And I'll put that up on our show notes for later on tonight. And, of course, Susan Kreifels manages the East-West Center's Journalism Exchange Program. So you got Glenn 
Van Zutphen. He's a career international journalist and a and the founder of Van Media Group. And of course, Derek Farrar handles news content, press outreach for the East West Center. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And of course, thank you for listening to Bite Mars Cafe. Join us next week when we're here from the University of Hawaii program called Hacking for Defense. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app on, and, of course, on your favorite podcast application. You stay safe. You stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Stay tuned. Reveal is next.